yeah okay so like i'd say what separates Geraint from the mere mortals as as a humorist as a poster in the modern parlance uh is exemplified by this tweet but i scrolled past it on the timeline and i thought he was just accusing this guy of being really fucking high of being like out of his head on drugs and then i realized that it was not in fact an allegation that this man was sniffing drugs which i personally would have found perfectly acceptable but yes of course that stuff can skirt the lines of acceptability when it comes to you know making light of addiction no Geraint was actually referring to the niche kind of Groves left Twitter meme uh, of seat sniffing. He says, Adam has gone months without any seats to sniff. Please, I beg the good Scotch people, help a man out. And that's referring to a man called uh, Adam Adam Tompkins, MSP, who is advocating that gyms reopen in Scotland. I see what Geraint was getting at there. I think we've probably got... Upwards of 10 Scottish listeners, that's quite a lot, right? So they'll know, just as I do living up here, that Adam Tompkins and indeed all Tory MSPs are seat sniffers. It's just one of those things you learn after a year or so following Scottish politics. It's just instinctive. It's like an entire party of of people with like James Ball instincts. (laughs) (laughs) Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised. You led to the slaughter like a sacrificial lamb. You say, wait a minute, boys, you know who I am? Of course we do, we know who you are. Then they blew off his head while he was still in the car. Shut down like a dog in broad daylight. Was a matter of timing and the timing was right. You got unpaid debts, we've come to collect. We're gonna kill you with hatred without any respect We'll mock you and shock you and we'll put it in your face We've already got someone here to take your place The day they blew out the brains of the king Thousands were watching, no one saw a thing it happened so quickly, so quick by surprise Right there in front of everyone's eyes Greatest magic trick ever under the sun Perfectly executed, skillfully done Wolfman, oh wolfman, oh wolfman, how rub a dub dub it's a murder most foul. The hard left, the hard left, the hard left, the left, the hard 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 left. I wanted to like start this episode with an apology of sorts. I had a dramatic reading lined up. So let's get this started off. Like we hadn't planned to record tonight. Yeah. And indeed, we've got ep- episodes in the can which we need to get out. So it's this is out of a solemn sense of duty that we're recording a new episode of the show tonight. (laughs) Like, we're going above and beyond, okay? But first off, I wanted to get out an apology because my duty as a socialist obviously involves just doing a lot of podcasts and live streams and shit. And I was supposed to be going on our friend Sinan's live stream, which... Yeah, yeah, Twitch stream, which he does. So uh, our boy at the, the Sinan 
co- how do you say it? Is it Coz or Cozy? I think Coz. I'm not sure, to be honest. Coz. Sorry, sorry, Sinan. But anyway, he does a lot of these good live streams. I went on one before where I advocated that people stay in the Labour Party. <laughs> oh. uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, then um, yeah. So I was going to go on one uh, and slag off Starmer today but i slept in pretty majorly and i'll just say like what starting a podcast of any kind before nine is just criminal it is unacceptable it is a violation of my human rights and i will be taking sinan to a workplace tribunal nah um (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm very sorry to him to my friends josie sparrow Chloe Hopkins and Alistair from Podcasting is Praxis, but I couldn't make it to talk with them about the current shit show of politics. But as it is, I've recruited my own cronies, my yes men, as the co-hosts of this show were once famously <laughs> described by, well, obviously not famously enough that I remember which Melt said it. I've got with me Geraint. Hello. Wario Tifo off of Twitter, and I've got our friend and co-host, so the star and co-writer of Tim Peake's Farad Walk with me, who I think you last heard on our episode reviewing Clint Eastwood's The Mule. But... That's, that's, the, that's the only appearances I make these days, to stan Clint Eastwood and his problematic uh, canon of films. But <laughs> or, or, to play, or to play Tim Farron, a yes. role you will be reprising on a forthcoming Gape cast. I will, but, uh, I will. Yeah. I've got Tom's lines uh, sitting on my computer, so I'm I'm excited to edit those in. It was nice coming yeah. back to the role. It was nice to. <laughs> you went really method with that one. Yeah, I did. I so did. Deep in the character. <laughs> <laughs> He's part of. I'm turning into Mike Gates, and you're turning into Tim Farron. You know, you know something's very wrong when you're at a Labour social, and someone says. You actually played Tim Peaks very uh, Tim. Uh, sorry, not Tim Peaks. Tim Farron very well. I was like, no, I didn't play him very well. <laughs> oh, I was you awful. did. You were great. <laughs> what as a freak? Well, so, yeah, I guess <laughs> well, so. But... Yes, yes. As Tim Farron, one of the foremost freaks of our did, politics. Didn't he accept funding from a gay conversion charity recently, or some sort of funding <laughs> yeah, from yeah, that? Yeah. Kind... Oh god, from some Christian charity, quote unquote, <sighs> in spite of their support for gay conversion therapies yeah in spite of i'm sure (laughs) Uh, he's at it you know he's always at it he is a lib dem front bencher though isn't he because they've not got many options yeah but if you're a lib dem and you're an mp you're a front bencher because they've got that (laughs) five you know (laughs) oh yeah and remember how one of the like the, the main parts of our characterization of Tim Farron was that despite being massively right wing, he like always identified himself as like the true left of the Liberal Democrat Party. Um, <laughs> like he's now turned his back on his so-called left wing principles and is like the Lib Dems must not move to the left. We must not support the the, the gay lobby. <laughs> <laughs> No, Marxism is just a conspiracy by the homosexuals, by the... What is it who apparently runs Hollywood? The gay mafia, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's who Tim's politics (laughs) without opposing. 
He's going to uh, slowly, well, not actually that slowly. He's, he's basically going to just become more and more indistinguishable to a kind of much smaller, weedier version of Mel Gibson. <laughs> Go on, Tom. Just while you, while you're here, do do the voice. Do the voice for us. Oh God. Uh, yeah. What what line? I mean, there's so many lines, so many quotes from not from his actual political career, but a made-up radio play. I mean, you know. <laughs> Just read out, get up the, the tweets, you know, the famous tweet. They can be. The chemical leaching is a <laughs> process. Oh God, um, God, you put me on the spot here. You know, it usually takes hours for me to get into the role, you know, just drinking milk, lying on the floor in my underpants, you know. It's like, um, God. Turning the taps off at the mains for 24 hours beforehand, you know, <laughs> make sure it's a completely uncontaminated performance. <laughs> Because, like, you wash, you, uh, and, and, and it's got to be, like, cake, but for fucking, like, whatever you're drinking the milk out of, it's got to be, like, caked in dirt. Because if the fucking cup has been washed, then that's just getting fucking water all over it, you know? <laughs> you can't, you can't have that. Dehydrating yourself for that extra bit of authenticity. <laughs> <laughs> So, Tom, let's do this as, as a, a one-two. I'll play the British Humanist Association. <laughs> have, have, you, have, you, have you got the screenshot up? Do you think I carry these scripts around, man? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> hang on, one hang second, on. One second, let me, let me just... I just yeah. searched Tim Farron chemical leaching on Google Images. <laughs> oh, you get plenty of results when you search for that, I'm sure. Yeah, like comedy pictures of frogs Tim and all Farron. kinds of stuff. I mean, yeah. Tim Farron chemical leaching. If it doesn't auto like auto populate to that after like TI, then you've done something wrong, really. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out the rapper TI is like a massive chemical leaching conspiracy theorist as well. <laughs> you know, your water is changing. It's like you know, TI appeared on that Kanye West song, Yay versus the People, but he does one with Tim Farron called God. Gay versus the People. Uh, the number two result on that, not image search, but regular search, is that completely separate Lib Dem candidate who claimed that drinking water with plastic residue in it can turn people gay. Oh yeah, man, there's at least three of these motherfuckers. Like, that <laughs> was so funny a cult when, leader. when that woman came out during the 2017 election and was like, I support Tim. So I'll play the British Humanist Society. Shocking finding from at Stonewall UK. Huge proportions of health workers in the UK believe homosexuality is quote-unquote curable. And then Tim steams in. They can be. <laughs> you know, uh, they can be. Uh, most sexual disorientation is caused by chemical leaching. Uh, check out the fish and the frogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I mean, I mean, how? I mean, how else do you play him? Just as a like a constantly on edge, paranoid, melt liberal. I mean, you just sort of have to. I mean. Like most liberals, you just that's, that's how you truly hone and get down Tim Farron. And I don't know where would like his accent's kind of like because my accent does tend to change when I play Tim Farron. There is no set <laughs> accent. Really. Sorry, that Westmoreland brogue. <laughs> oh, Tim Farron. I just find it incredible that it's, it's like the most Lib Dem failure thing ever that he's managed to even lose his crown as the ridiculous MP people associate with milk. <laughs> he's not even got that anymore yeah because he never took it uh, to parliament that was his mistake yeah he never used his parliamentary privilege to explain how you mix it together with whiskey and then it just comes out as milk for some reason all, all the yeah. great sneaks yeah. did say 
all the greats need to be able to cut a promo, you know, Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, <laughs> Ric Flair, Mike Gapes, but Farron, <laughs> Farron's not, not got it. Yeah. Oh, sad. Before, Very we get sad into the, before we get into the really depressing labour stuff, I'll just need to grab another beer. I, yeah, it's, I, I, I'm going to need it because this is just going to be mind-numbing to yeah, listen yeah. to and talk about, really. So give me one second. Sorry. Oh, God. That can be the tagline that can be the tagline for our podcast. <laughs> this is so depressing to listen to. Yeah. It is. It it's completely mind numbing. Like how, in a matter of months, just the small glimmer of hope that you had is just completely trodden upon. Fucking unity candidate, my fucking ass. Oh Fuck my god! Keith. I know. Don't forget the Patreon, guys. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hit that shit up. Well, no, actually, it turns out that the most successful way to promote our Patreon is just to say, yeah, you know that tosser James Balls? Well, if you give us money, then he'll be annoyed. <laughs> like, we've got at least, like, two subscribers that way, which is, like, more than... We got 17... No, it, it got to even more. It was, like, 70 fucking likes on this tweet. Like, Patreon in the bio, folks. No fucking Patreon subscribers as a result of that. <laughs> so we've got to just appeal to people's hatred of melts, it seems. They're That's all, the only busy, way. They're all busy donating to the Jeremy Corbyn crowdfunder, which, to be fair, also really pisses Dude. off James Ball. Yeah, yeah, do that, do that, do that. F- fucking cancel your subscription to... No, don't, 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 don't. No, please don't do that. Uh, but donate to both us and the Jeremy Corbyn crowdfunder. And also McCats as well. Oh, yeah, and McCats is... What's so he, he doing? He, he wants to he go, go to medical over. school. He is well into his first year studying for a nursing degree. And student yeah. finance fucked him over. So he basically has to, like, pay for an entire year of fees as he goes. Um, yeah, which is, like, bullshit, ten grand yeah. because... Lib Dems, but he's yeah, like Tim Farron. Thank you. He's he's about he's he's coming up for two thirds there. Last I looked at it, so I reckon we can at least get him close to it. By yeah, time yeah. Well, or I mean, like that. Some, not us personally. Three, like we we're not personally nah. going to get him like three grand of donations when this gets edited and released. <laughs> no, but the comrades cumulatively, like like some big pretty big people, like Owen Jones shared the mm-hmm. crowdfunder and stuff. John McDonald. So like John McDonald shared it. Cool. Yeah. That's uh, that is incredible. We were basically like spamming everyone we can think of with a platform on the left <laughs> links to it, and to yeah, mad, until they, they people, could not share yeah, it. A lot of people <laughs> went along with it, so it's great. Nice, yeah. nice. So, so we're saying donate to that, donate to us, and donate to the Jeremy Corbyn crowdfunder. Yeah. So let's start with a dramatic little reading, a poetic reading. Just I'm just going to read just some select lines, and, and, and you guys can tell me if they remind you of anything. We're going to kill you with hatred, without any respect. We'll mock you and shock you, and we'll put it in your face. We've already got someone here to take your place. The day they blew out the brains of the king, thousands were watching. No one saw a thing. They killed him once and they killed him twice. Killed him like a human sacrifice. The day that they killed him, someone said to me, son, the age of the Antichrist has just only begun. For those who didn't listen to our episode on the JFK assassination, these are lyrics from Bob Dylan's Murder Most Foul. Some of my favourite lyrics in the song. And why I think they're pertinent now I mean, can you guys work it out? That's what they're trying to do to someone else. 
Yes, yes, yeah. my thought processes aren't completely incomprehensible. Fantastic. <laughs> so you don't know who um, I think you're talking about. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Who, who do work. you think? The, the Sam Matthews, <laughs> Chris Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was uh, he was the finest man I ever knew ever. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh god so it's going well <laughs> yes i mean so this is one of the interpretations that people have had of the historic role of the kennedy assassination a signal of abandon all hope ye who enter here to the american people or to the younger generation of america who maybe saw something of hope in jfk and it can be debated how much the man himself truly embodied the future that some saw in him but there is this idea amongst certain uh, enthusiasts of john f kennedy conspiracy theories that his assassination was almost a kind of symbolic putting somebody in their place it was a signal it was an establishment saying you cannot challenge us. And again, it can be debated how much John F. Kennedy was truly that challenge to the establishment. I think what we can agree is that Jeremy Corbyn was a challenge to an establishment that had an absolute virulent determination to kill him with hatred without any respect to mock they're him. And shock well, him. they're still trying to do it now, aren't they? To put it in his face and you got to believe they already had someone there to take his place. <laughs> what keeps coming to mind when I see these fucking cunts just ripping on Corbyn in the most virulent ways, trying to get him eradicated from public life. I they, won't, they won't be happy until the man is dead. Let's be honest about that. Really, dead, yeah. They, li- they literally they want to politically assassinate him until someone actually assassinates him. They I think they won't rest uh, at that. I, I made a joke the other day that they were gonna, that they were going to dig Tony Benn up and put him on trial like they did with like a 17th century pope once. <laughs> Um, but I think they'll, they'll save that for Corbyn himself. No, you just have, and yeah. you'll have liberals yeah. saying, "Look, it's just it's just bad optics to say that they shouldn't be digging up his bones, right? Look, it actually there's no point making a fuss about it because you know we just uh, look bad or something. I don't know. I think we look pretty bad when we let the idea that we're the biggest monsters in the world be propagated unchallenged. But yeah, when I see this stuff, I just think you know they killed him once and they killed him twice. They had the electoral defeat. They had the defeat of the left within the party. And now they just want to, you know, they really want to salt the earth. It's obvious why they want to do it. They want to discredit the left as a whole with him still the highest profile figure in it so that they don't have to be scared about dormant Corbyn voters, if you like, either voting for the next left candidate whenever the next left Labour leadership candidate is or any movement external to the Labour Party picking up legitimacy. They want yeah. everyone to be embarrassed to be left-wing and to move themselves away from the left on that basis. That's absolutely true. I mean, they, they really just want to make it wholly unacceptable to be to the left of Gordon Brown, in the words of the leaked Labour document. I mean, you want to know how far we are through the looking glass. 
my phone flagged up a Telegraph article to me earlier, which I assumed was paywall, so I didn't click on it. But I'll click on it now just to see how much of that I can actually see. Here we go. To, you need to it's get like, that extension installed that just skips all the paywalls. Like, I never use it, but I've got it installed oh, on exists. principle. I just like click oh, cool. a random article and like, yeah, I'm, I'm stealing a living from the tossers. Wonderful. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I don't even have Tom... to go out and buy a coffee to piss you, you tossers off, you know. The, the author of this piece, Tom Harris, really deserves to have a living stolen from him. I mean, one of the shittest cunts in Scottish Labour. And now, this is pretty impressive, one of the shittest cunts at the Telegraph. His one of the worst is... Labour MPs there's ever been. How, oh, totally. Like, one of the most right-wing there's ever been. And think of the ground that covers. The headline of his piece is, If Corbynites cannot control Labour, they'll settle for bringing it low in court. I'm like, uh, hang on. Uh... Uh... <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Through the looking glass. Yesterday there was a story that came out like 40 presumably very anti-Corbyn people are thinking of launching a lawsuit against the Labour Party regarding the leak of that document that we covered on this show. But that is somehow outweighed by like Jeremy Corbyn deciding to challenge the malicious work of an Islamophobic hatchet man. Fucking hell, like, what's his column next week going to be like? Corbinites, why are you hitting yourself? It's just <laughs> up, uh, up is down, down is up stuff. Yeah. It's, it's incredibly like... depressing when the only fair dissection of Corbyn's leadership I've seen has come from people like Peter O'Born. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's how bad it's got when you have a literal Tory being the only one who's willing to offer a somewhat fair, concise kind of analysis of his time as leader, and you have all the Liberals just frothing at the mouth, just treating him as if, the, yeah, it's, 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 it's a pretty bad time, guys. It's, it's, a, it's a very demoralising time to the point where... Do you know the yeah. story about Tom Harris getting hired at the Telegraph? Go on. Well, basically, it's linked to Dan Hodges going to the mail, because Dan <laughs> Hodges was for a long time like the Telegraph star... I'm of the left, or used to be of the left. And look, this is what this is them being at it, you know, every week. It's the same column he does now. And they were paying him stupid money, like really stupid money. I can't remember figures, but if you think what a, a well-paid cunt columnist would be earning and add a zero on the end, he was earning whatever that was. And they all yeah. yeah. They've decided, yeah, look, he gets us a few clicks, but he's not worth that. Let's let him go. He's got an offer for probably the same or a bit less from the mail and he's gone but the reason they were happy to do it is because they basically got Tom Harris in for peanuts to do the same shit <laughs> so, so he's, John, he's John McTurnan was definitely doing that grift I can't remember if he was mm. at the Telegraph all the time yeah but he was one of their every week I'm a Labour guy who says the things but the Tories are saying thing and it's like <laughs> it is just it's to set position it, just imagine how little self-respect you have to be to, to take that role as this Tory paper wants a nominally Labour person to say Tory things to basically reassure their Tory readers that yeah. everyone agrees with them about everything. And you're just like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll, oh, be, I'll be that fucking You're, like, you're right, by the way. They used him all the time, like late 2016, early 2017, and only only once since, but he was obviously a regular for a while. And I'm, yeah. uh, I've am i got his list of article names up here, but I think I'm just going to do a, a crude Photoshop of him so just replace them all with, I'm not a Tory, John McTurnan. I am not a Tory, John McTurnan. Why do people keep calling me a Tory, John McTurnan? 
McTurnan, by many accounts, unless you're the guy... Well, okay, no one says that he's done this himself, but he did certainly advocate grabbing people's bollocks as a disciplinary tactic in Parliament. Yep. However, there is no suggestion McTurnan did that to anyone himself. But despite that, apart from that little thing, everyone says that he's a very nice man, very intellectually curious, great taste in music, etc. <laughs> but despite being a relatively discerning albeit very right-wing guy, obviously just doesn't think there's anything wrong with what's happening to the left at the moment and what's happening personally to Jeremy Corbyn. And that's what's kind of like shocking about the entirety of the centre and the so-called soft left right now is just like their lack of humanity. They're just total like, well, you kind of dug yourself into this whole mess. Oh, what? You didn't dig it yourself. Someone else dug it. Well, who cares? The media say that you dug yourself into this mess. And so the best thing to do is just accept it. And it's like since when has the best thing for the left ever been to accept that the right wing are right with their criticisms of us like oh when labor accepted that they crashed the global economy by spending money on public services that went so well for the labor party when they went up against a austerian tory party in 2015 the acceptance from the left of anti-immigration rhetoric has done us so well in pushing back the emergence of a nationalist right and similarly just accepting the idea that but yeah, okay, we just concede that we're monsters and that we were, in the case of the Labour leadership, basically purposefully conducting the management of the party in an institutionally anti-Semitic manner, then this will just go away. I wonder at this point what percentage of the people who believe that are naive, because I think it must be increasingly dominated by cynics and cowards. I think the cynics comprise the majority, and then there's the people who just think, oh god, I don't want the trouble. I'll never commission me if I don't accept that people with anti-imperialist politics do so out of a secret hatred of the Jewish people, and generally a kind of hatred of the West, which, unlike hatred of the Jewish people is actually a good thing to believe. The staggering naivety on display from certain people right now is only matched by the kind of bloodthirsty evil of the people, frankly, like Keir Starmer, who think that just destroying his successor... Obviously, I meant predecessor here. ...and any positive memory of his legacy is a cost worth paying for his own personal advancement. And where will he get him? Absolutely. Well, he'll lose, <laughs> he'll lose the next election because no you know yeah. what? People like us aren't going to lift a fucking finger for him. I'm not saying, you know, people like us doesn't mean us, the hosts of a real politic podcast, we didn't sway. We helped sway the 2017 general election. Let's be honest about that truth. <laughs> well, you know, by being in. No, not so we, much we, the 2019, but. <laughs> no, not 2019, but, tw you know, 2017. <laughs> We, as a small part of a community, did house our in, bit. You know, house in days we, of, uh, yeah. you, you had know. the establishment After, quaking in its boots, haunting your doorsteps out of fear. We, we <laughs> then we were able we were able to band together in 2017 because at that point we all accepted that anti-Corbynism was absurd, that it was a bunch of babies throwing their toys out of their pram. The following year, stuff like Margaret Hodge and so on gave unnecessary weight 
to the idea that there actually was a compelling moral case against Corbynism. In terms of the idea that Corbyn's anti-imperialist politics have led him to anti-Semitism, I don't think this is true. I think this is an attempt to discredit all kinds of politics that challenges the functions of, of the British, the American states. And in terms of the idea that Labour has institutionally presided over an anti-Semitic party management, I don't think that's true either. But nonetheless, the idea that the Labour Party was morally compromised, was able to burrow its way into people on the left and sap the kind of enthusiasm that there was in 2017, the confidence that we had that we were in the right. And I think right now there's an attempt going on to just thoroughly ingrain that, to make sure that people on the left don't start thinking you know, actually, we were treated quite unfairly. And to fully kind of exclude from polite discussion, acknowledgement of uncomfortable facts like those documented in the leaked Labour reports, mm. which cast a light on an alternative version of the story of the last two years that we've been told. And has anything been followed upon that by the present leadership? Anything at all? Well, oh, there's the no. Ford inquiry, which I keep just imagining Matt Ford is doing it, the shitty Blairite comedian. Just hit him oh, like... God. Oh, Tony God. smashed it again. Oh, isn't he the one that turns up every now and then on Soccer AM and stuff like that? He's like a... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. Um, I was watching a documentary about Nottingham Forest and he turned up and I was like, I'll turn it off. I don't need this fucking wanker. Uh, to be fair to Brian Clough, Brian Clough did body him in his youth. So I, I have I got to give credit where credit's due. Well, when Keir Starmer took over from Corbyn as Labour leader, Matt Ford tweeted a picture of the statue of Saddam being torn down in Baghdad in 2003 to symbolise the end of Corbynism. Now, I will just say, maybe don't bring too much attention to the fact that it was your tradition of politics that did that and that that was not an isolated statue tearing symbolising liberation. That was, in fact, the start of one of the bloodiest episodes, you know, in world history that you all have their hands deeply soaked in the blood of. The, the Ford Inquiry uh, is actually headed by Martin Ford QC. And it seems to me, I'm not a lawyer, but it seems to have been a little prejudiced somewhat by the Labour Party paying out, am I right in thinking, £200,000 apiece to six people named in that leaked report, including the person who, as the report stated, contradicted by all available documentary evidence, made totally unfounded claims about James Schneider, the closest Jewish aide to Jeremy Corbyn, and up there with Seamus Milne among the closest aides per se. So that guy got a big payout. And also to the guy who said that he would not piss on a close friend of the show who about two messages up from his comment somebody had conceded had been struggling with mental health issues if he was on fire i mean these are the kind of people that the labor party has just paid out a large amount of money to yeah fuck that absolutely fuck everything about that the fact even if they'd fucking decided to do that which is a whole other kind of worms like the fact that they made a point of or were talked into settling as part of the settlement, making sure it was like an unreserved apology. That yeah. unreserved is a problem with particularly the couple of individuals you've mentioned there because these people have been abusive. And in one case, 
there seems to be a weight of evidence suggesting that one of them deliberately did not properly investigate or deal with anti-Semitism, whether that is deliberate or whether he was just not up to the job and and couldn't be bothered. Yeah, James Schneider has posted an extensive thread Mm. on Twitter which details the saga of him trying to get this outright Holocaust denier suspended from the party and very much being held up by Sam Matthews, one of the so-called whistleblowers the Labour Party has just awarded a large amount to. Self-styled whistleblowers. I think James described him as a self-styled whistleblower, which I liked. It is funny, though. The amount of uh, courage it takes to slag off Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party in the media is literally... It's like minus courage. It's less than zero. To go out in the media and criticise Corbyn and that, there is, like, zero downside. Truly um, a brave stance being taken, truly, truly. You've got these motherfuckers (laughs) acting like they're fucking Deep Throat or fucking Edward Snowden. By the way, Edward Snowden, who I have no doubt that all these people think should be in prison for the rest of their lives because they have a totally uncritical attitude to state power, as evidenced in that report. And you can see why some of these people, given that the report included some of them bigging up the work of noted Islamophobic polemicist Douglas Murray, you can see why they might see John Ware as not a kind of unacceptably tarnished journalist. Should we talk about him briefly? Yeah, very briefly. The guy is it's very obvious what he is and what he has been for quite a few years. He's a man that's used the clout he'd built up and the rare ability to make documentaries basically on on subjects of his choosing and get them made easily in national tv and he's consistently chosen in recent years to either target the left or to target british muslims or sometimes both he has boasted about this in the past as well joking about himself being like one of the islamophobes in chief or something he was using oh yeah yeah there's a gang of about five of us who are like the islamophobes in chief and proud of it and he had people like martin bright the guy that nick cohen really loves Uh, yeah yeah former Uh, political uh, editor of the new statesman it also had nick cohen himself who can't say what we think about without getting sued because he's genuinely yeah dis- well well we can say he's a disgusting individual which he is yeah yeah wait hang on i've got i've got to wait um so uh, wait grind so are you not a fan of nick cohen <laughs> I, I am not a fan of Nick Cohen. I, I do not rate him very highly at all for a number of reasons well what i'll say what i'll say to that is uh me too Yes, yes. Ah, yes. Uh, lots yes. of people have been saying that when I, whenever I, I raise this subject. I say that and they all say, ah, oh, Nick Cohen, me too. <laughs> yes. yes, so anyway, John, John yes. Ware is clearly, much like Nick Cohen, a journalist with an axe to grind sorry that, that group of five I... that group of five that you boast about i've named three of them i've just looked up to remind myself of the others so it's john ware john no no it's not stephen pollard john ware oh, really? john ware nick cohen martin bright michael gove who yeah, was yeah, still yeah, a okay. journalist moving into politics at that point remember though, these people aren't right wing finally yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're right they're not right wing at all and this final name will absolutely seal that conclusion because it's Melanie Phillips. <laughs> oh, right. No, I mean, you know, she's been cited by such prominent socialists as Anders Breivik, 
as an influence. You inspire one mass murderer, and that's all everyone talks about. <laughs> one neo-Nazi <laughs> mass murderer who specifically targeted what he viewed as a Marxist, feminist, multiculturalist left, although was in reality just a fairly moderate social democratic party, which should give you an idea of the way that the left is perceived by certain people disproportionately to what it actually is, very relevant to this conversation, I think. He targeted them and, and massacred lots and lots of them. So, I mean, it, it's, it's just very interesting, yeah, that a peer of John Ware's could inspire somebody so utterly determined to really destroy people on the left i definitely think there's a lot of uh, what can we call them armchair mass shooters amongst the anti-corbyn lot i mean my contempt for these people is just at such a point now i think like some of the anonymous twitter accounts you see the guy calling uh james o'brien uh, sorry not james o'brien <laughs> complete uh, that, that's but, you but, but, jack you're the guy calling james o'brien <laughs> this and that <laughs> Yes, I I have to block James O'Brien on every account I have so that I don't repeatedly at him and get myself banned. I get banned anyway, but not for that reason. I just see right now, what I see is it's a a terrifying time because you you, you see someone like James Schneider, a good Jewish socialist in a long tradition of such people. And you've got this fucking scumbag on Twitter. I'm going to name this account so I won't say the thing I was going to say about him suggesting that he was a murderer. But the account X Strategist, who gave no fucking shit about anti-Semitism prior to 2015, back when he was called Gosborn Genius. Oh, this guy, yeah, yeah. That fucking little cunt. He's always, always in the replies of, yeah, 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 I know, yeah. yeah. Twitter won't suspend. Yeah, Mr. What about Venezuela, Ellie? Himself. He doesn't just harass women, obviously. I mean, this guy, (laughs) like, he loves to, uh, no, mostly, yeah. But he loves to imply that Jewish socialists are supportive of or apologists for holocaust denial on the basis that they are socialists i mean you you saw that what this guy was saying when james schneider was expressing his doubts about this labor ruling he said i don't think that you were concerned by holocaust denial because you worked for corbyn and milne and it's like well you know you're just a little fucking conspiracy theorist sitting in your basement fucking 50 years old your fucking wife has left you you sad little fuck (laughs) Have you ever met Jeremy Corbyn? Have you ever met Seamus Mill? No, you are a conspiracy theorist. But no, literally, James Schneider works with these people day in, day out. You know, maybe he is a reliable source as to the fact that Corbyn and Milne don't walk around every day spouting Holocaust denial. For fuck's sake. And maybe because this guy is Jewish and you, ex-strategist, some people think that this is another guy who the Labour Party just gave a large amount of money to, by the way. I won't name which one, but he shares a name with a beloved fictitious character of this show, uh, a first name. <laughs> like, hang on, I need to get my energy back up, back up to where I was yelling. Uh, <laughs> this non-Jewish fuck who in 2015 
did not give a shit about anti-Semitism. As soon as, like, Nick Cohen and James Bloodworth and Stephen Pollard started spouting their vile shit about Corbyn in 2015. Oh, oh, anti-Semitism is something we can use to attack the left. Oh, well, I, you know, I see myself as an anti-racist. Of Now now I do. I bet, like, in when Black Lives Matter started in 2014, this guy was, like, calling them communists and shit. Like, personally calling up the FBI. These fucking people, like, he doesn't give a fuck about this. And he thinks that he knows more than someone who is, A, Jewish, who, B, is not politically biased against the subjects of this, and C, has actual lived experience of the individuals that he is talking about. I thought we had to listen to people's lived experiences. Isn't that like liberal shibboleth number one at the moment? You need to clip the bit of that where you're going on about someone being 50 and divorced and so on and so forth, so we can just use that as a general reaction to tossers on Twitter. <laughs> so handy. I've started... U- I've started- like you know the the you are bald as a reaction to people oh, yeah, I've, start, yeah. I've started accusing people who've got their their avatar <laughs> as them people who've got their avatar as them and, and very visibly aren't bald i've just started replying to them with like you are politically bald that's a mistake man <laughs> we, we, what we made was but instead of like adding to people with you are bald for a while we tried to treat some of them as good faith actors and like take someone like a load of people engaged with that guy marlon solomon as if he was not just a horrifically right-wing mccarthyite and then like all of a sudden he's like yeah you know those fucking scousers they've always reminded me you know of those fucking irish people they're all fucking anti-semites because they're all on the hard left those fucking irish and scousers i'm like literally the man just tried to like cancel liverpool he got so hopped up on the fact that this gambit to like smear anyone with radical leftist beliefs as anti-Semitic at the very least by association has been successful that he was just like, yeah, maybe I can fucking get Liverpool, man. Like, who can we get next? Ireland? I mean, fuck, people who support the British establishment have already fucked Ireland up enough. Maybe we can stick the boot in again. It's just amazing. It's just a right wing play in the hits, isn't it? You know, right. Exactly. Who do we take tame at next? Liverpool, Ireland. You know, this is a tale as old as time, really. Just seeing the manner in which people are emboldened. So I guess that leads us to the thing of like the way that now we are at the stage where people are trying to shut down the left in the courts. The left have lost electorally, then they lost electorally within their own party. Now it just seems to be that anyone who contradicts the line is gonna get sued that's the way that they're trying to intimidate people and that's why you know i have less than zero respect for someone like john ware who's just a fucking bully he's not prepared to actually stand up for his own journalism well they lose a lot of money in court at least you gotta yeah he's got, yeah. got less to stand on but hey uh, you know let him crack on well, that's but, what's interesting. Like, what is he? So, is he suing Jeremy Corbyn for defamation? How? How is Corbyn defending himself defamatory? That's what's the frightening thing is that they think that anyone who like maybe he's naive enough to think that Corbyn will settle something with him out of court, which Corbyn won't because he's not easily fooled like that. God knows these people are deli- they You know, everything's going their way, and it's partly to be their downfall if they're taken to court i don't know i don't know everything's going their way and so they're incredibly angry and vengeful (laughs) yeah it's yeah let let, let them challenge in court it isn't going to work but hey it's it'll just be infuriating because it will be dragged into the press further and yeah yeah 
anti-leftism is just the most sadistic shit, man. I mean, like, somehow, some people in this country have convinced themselves, oh, no, anti-leftism in Britain is different to the kinds in all the other countries where they fucking burn people's fingernails off with hot irons and shit. Like, no, no, our virulent hatred of all kinds of socialism is different to that. I see something like there was a response to some wanker saying, oh, Jeremy Corbyn should be kicked out of the party. Some guy commented, you know, saying, actually, he should be in prison. <laughs> I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Literally, like, whoever, that wasn't like a big account that said the thing about let's stick him in prison. But I'm like, give it a couple of years of Tory government. And these people will be like rounding us up into stadiums. And they'll be saying, oh, Keir Starmer's strategy of saying, look, we just need to do the stadium rounding up more efficiently is very fascinating. <laughs> like, the, the, the respectable critics of the centre left. For respectable pundits would just be like, yes, well, Keir has actually played a political blinder by saying that he thinks that Jeremy Corbyn should be sentenced to death. <laughs> well, they, they'll go for you straight away, won't they, Jack? They'll break your guitar in front of you. and you know. <laughs> oh, God. I don't have the strength Victor Hara had. I won't keep singing. I'm just yeah, crying. Fair, yeah. Stop being mean to me. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn is, I feel like i mean maybe comparable to salvador allende actually allende wasn't this kind of hard man but somehow people were able to portray him as like the number one threat to civilization as we know it how can people have convinced themselves that this is okay i want to get into the mindsets of the people making apologies for this shit the people who don't claim to be right wing like that's the thing you can just exclude the tories and shit from our discussion because like nobody in the conservative party has ever like thought oh anti-semitism jesus i'm really concerned about that like they with them literally it is just a party attacking another party. So let's take them out of this equation completely. Let's just talk about people who are like in Labour or like so-called centre-left or whatever. What is their motivation for basically making justifications for what's going on right now? They don't think long term. <laughs> I don't think they even know really themselves what they aim to achieve from it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't have really have anything else to add on to it because it's inane, really, their positioning on it. They're on fucking the personification speed run. The decisions the party is taking are running towards that at, at pace. They're not thinking about actually where their voter base is going to come from, not just at the next election, but the one or two after that, if they're putting everything aside to try and fuck the left. Yeah, yeah, that's it does seem to be the priority because there's been like there's been two different cases. Firstly, there was the Robert Jenrick scandal, which was like some mad corruption thing going on. It was classic Conservative Party. You know, I say like attacking the Tories uh, a lot of the time can just be so passe in the way that people often do it. But like that was just so textbook Tory. It's like the stuff you assume they're doing all the time. And Starmer was just like, I'm going to just like sack Rebecca Long Bailey instead. And then similarly, the Russia report came out, which uh, did not conclusively show that the Russians basically did Brexit. But it did show some stuff that was a bit like unflattering for the Tory party, maybe. And Starmer decided to pay off a load of scab wreckers who had tried to destroy his party. So there is this incredible prioritization of the McCarthyism. It does seem to be 
the main thing. Like Abby Wilkinson tweeted the other day, what do the Labour right believe in policy-wise? It's you not about policy. Yeah. They just, just they that the anti-left thing is what they're about. That is the substance of their politics. You can take yeah. from that that they're pro-capitalism and they're pro-Western imperialism. But the anti-left thing is what they exist well, to do. Is there a genuine delusion that they think they can gain a chunk of the conservative vote? Because obviously they never will, because they will keep voting conservative. But obviously there is something in there where they think they can win some of that vote over. They think they can like literally. Anyway. They think they'll win over so many Tories that they can literally discard every Corbyn supporter. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They so literally think have... we've conned quite a few people who are at least soft Corbyn supporters into voting for Keir Starmer as leader by spending part of the campaign fighting to the left, and now they're ours forever. Yeah, I think they genuinely yeah, yeah. think that's the case. Yeah, I mean, it's quite incredible because there's been no left-wing shit. But it's got to the point for me where even when they do left-wing shit, I'm not going to praise them for it. Like Jonathan Reynolds with his atrocious hairline just out there like saying some shit about like cooperative ownership. I'm like, well, great, but you know how much more of this shit we could have had if you'd have supported our previous leader? Like, fuck off, Jonathan. <laughs> and also, like, his hairline is so bad. My God, why does he just not shave his head? Like, it's like in tufts, little bits. Like, fucking hell, that guy. That's classic progress head for you. Once you join progress, <laughs> your hairline will just, like, instantly go like that. Richard and then you look like had, Rich... like, a giant... Yeah, exactly. You he look, had the look same like... haircut as you, like, the day before he took the job, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because in his in the news story about when Richard Angel got in trouble for doing a Thatcher death party back when he was a legend, but... um, he looked, he had long, really long hair. By the way, Richard Angel Angel, have you pronounced it right? Look on his Twitter. You know he had that really shit centrist brand management startup or whatever it was that had like 50 yeah. followers or something and none of them were Simon Hedges, it was that bad that, <laughs> that, that's gone now, there's just no details of what he's doing or who he works for so either they've gone bust because of Covid or they've just punted him because he's fucking shit in that as well as all his other jobs <laughs> yeah. like, I genuinely think the Care Not Car Parks fallout broke him as a man yeah i mean should we maybe get to the question then of like what should our engagement with the labor party be are you guys still members uh well i, I cancelled my direct debit literally today um <laughs> meaning to for a couple of days just got around to it today but that i've not like officially quit so basically what this does is it gives me six months so if there's any important votes and they're not a complete lost cause i can pay up any subs i've skipped uh, up, oh, nice. But the they'll probably call an NEC meeting and... tomorrow and change the rules oh, so I... that you can't do that. But if, <laughs> if, if, if they don't change that, but if there's nothing worth staying in, then they'll say pay up or you're out in six months. And I'll go, all right, fuck off then, you know? There's a number of things. Obviously, disillusioned with the direction of it for fucking four months or however long he's been in charge now, like even compared with what I was expecting from Starmer. Yeah. But then, obviously, in this last few days, we've had this bullshit of paying off what seems to have been a winnable court case, including at least two despicable individuals, unreserved apology, coupled with all the left baiting and trying to force the left out. Plus, then on top of that, 
they had this all this absolute bullshit like Keir Starmer coming out like oh in fucking Prime Minister's questions you know his home turf the oh only thing God. the only thing he's like Putin's gonna be good at was fucking defence will always be our number one priority or whatever it was he was saying. And oh, like, mate, he, he was just standing there, like, just screaming <laughs> about being a fucking spy. He was just like, <laughs> I spent five years as director of public prosecutions working with the security services. No one loves so MI5 like more than me, you bastard. He's literally, <laughs> it was just, like, yelling about how much he yeah. loves fucking MI5. And at that point, I was just like, there is nothing mm. e- even, like, remotely left left wing about but this guy even more like, so than fucking, in... he is like whoever said when he was running that he was the candidate of the state had it absolutely yeah. spot on he is mi5's man no wonder he was meeting with their leader so regularly in a manner by the way that is unprecedented as director of public prosecutions yeah i think even more so than in the late blair and brown years if you actually look we're supposed to trust all the polls with keir starmer being in now if you look at all the polls on like what issues the public care most about Defence is on something like 3 or 4%. It's like the 13th, 14th, 15th issue most cared about. Most people give a shit about the economy. They give a shit about fucking coronavirus killing people left, right and centre. All the things he's just being vague or saying nothing on. The environment is quite high up there now. Employment. And he's uh, pandering to the 3% of people whose big issue is defence. Now, they're all going to vote Tory anyway. That's how it works, right? Yeah. And, you know, you think about what a Labour right that are strong on defence, if they get power, if he ever becomes Prime Minister and if he lives up to that claim, we know what that means. We know what that means for civilian populations, not necessarily our civilian population, but at a big human cost, we know what this means. The cynical faux gullibility of just pretending that the British states are always in the right. Nobody who's got half a brain cell or any fucking principles can seriously believe that. But that's the position that the Labour Party have adopted. And it is humiliating. It is embarrassing. Like, I mean, I mentioned on the last instalment, Lisa Nandy is like obviously the queen of prostration before media. She's fucking shadow foreign secretary, obviously, now. That was a clear signal from Starmer right at the start, wasn't it? Pick the person most willing to just get down on their knees in front of the right and make them in charge of foreign policy. But she was out there, yeah, basically saying the stuff that Geraint said, national security will always be our main priority. And they brought in this, we're under new management line. We're under new management. She suggested that Labour should not, during the general election, have made a big deal or in fact any kind of a deal whatsoever about the documents that they obtained showing that the Tories were negotiating with the United States to privatise chunks of the NHS because these documents were allegedly put into the public domain by Russia. That for me is like you've just gone again we're through the looking glass. A left-wing person thinks that a plot by the Tories and in fact a foreign power to privatise parts of the NHS takes precedent over bellicose imperialistic dick-waving. But the party now thinks, again, it's what I was saying, they cannot just forget what people's material needs are. And they've done that. It's all about the image. It's all about the optics. It's all about presenting a visage that is acceptable to the British press. 
And it's the worst possible time to do it because people's yeah. material needs, as you mentioned, in a lot of cases, people who are just clinging on or who are being quite fairly comfortable end of middle class are going off a fucking cliff. And we'll be going off a cliff because we're heading into the biggest depression since records began. You know? Yeah, well, that's, you know, that would be because the Tories did all that public spending. You know? See, look what I'm saying. If we just concede, Labour are going to win the next election now because I, as a Labour supporter, conceded a Conservative attack line. Now we've just we've got that out of the way. Yeah. That's in the past now. We're, we're grown ups now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I want to come back. No, they might actually do that. They might start saying the Tories spent too much money and the response to COVID. <laughs> I, I can see it. I can see it. Particularly given, it like, given like the furlough scheme was basically John McDonnell slowly and carefully talking Rishi Sunak through what to do in public over a few days. Uh, yeah. They will look to absolutely destroy that, mainly to get a McDonald's, and then there's a small bonus that the actual party or government were the ones that implemented it. But coming back to this under-new management line you mentioned, obviously they've been hammering that the last four or five days, really trying to aggressively distance themselves from the Corbyn years more openly publicly rather than just sniping on Twitter and I was taken by the account Labour to Win's take on this which is oh my god yeah it's one of these absurd Acurst uh, groups isn't it you know it's like yeah. two of his previous crank mailing list data gathering exercises merging or something like that so they had it was a real it was like worse graphic design than the actual labor party are doing right now for starters but they had a big poster <laughs> and, and this this poster they put it's like text superimposed over Keir Starmer being forensic at PMQs because of course and it reads the labor party is under new management help us make sure it stays that way Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that is a warning shot aimed at Keir Starmer himself. You do, yeah. you know, you step out of line once and we'll get more new management in. We'll get a fucking Owen what? Smith version two. Yeah, well, I mean, I do <laughs> think the he, likes of Aikhurst and Matt we'll Hound running the party is our best chance of getting Richard Bergen as leader in a couple of years or something. By the way, wouldn't it be great if we had a proper lawyer <laughs> as leader? <laughs> there's, a, there's a few to choose from. There's Richard Bergen, there's Rebecca Long-Bailey, you know, we've got some real yeah, legal yeah, talent yeah. in the Labour Party, and it's a shame it's been overlooked. Yeah, RLB for Shadow Chancellor, in my, in my opinion, but yeah. It's a dream team uh, either way, really. Uh, oh, we didn't get to Tom. Tom, have you stayed in the party? course fucking not no. <laughs> <laughs> i gave in when it was supposedly acceptable to make races from about bane members and mps of the party and whatsapp groups and there'd be no repercussion for that fuck that uh, no thank you good night <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what about you jack well i i've considered it i haven't got around to cancelling my direct debit i basically think that it might be worth staying in in case they do try and kick Jeremy Corbyn out of the party, just to have that little bit more currency in supporting him. But I know I've seen a lot of kind of journalists who are sort of lefty-ish, but not lefty enough that they're not accepted into the club. Like Patrick Maguire or someone. He's not a right-wing headbanger, but he might be a bit right-wing by our standard. He was tweeting, they're not going to kick out Jeremy Corbyn. I don't know, man. I wouldn't put anything past the British 
political media hive mind right now. Some absurd fucking shit like second referendum. Remember when they started saying that after Labour had a successful, essentially accepting the result of a referendum policy in 2017? All the people started saying, we need to have another referendum, another referendum. We were like, we were all like, what? <laughs> a, a second referendum? Are you, are you literally... We had one last year. And also, you can't just redo a result because you don't like it. We just be calling new elections every fucking year. But then, like, they just said it enough until it became a genuine political demand. And the fucking Labour Party, including Jeremy Corbyn, who we had all been defending by, like, fucking pointing out how stupid the second referendum advocates were for two years. And then we had to pivot into saying, oh, it's not such a bad idea but anyway basically what was just a crank anti-left view at first in fact jeremy corbyn is anti-semitic a crank anti-left view that made it into the mainstream by just being repeated enough so basically if they if enough people say we need to kick corbyn out and those critics are right wing and vociferous enough in the way they express it i wouldn't put it past armor doing that in terms of my membership, that is the only thing that has led me not to cancel it yet. Because the thing is, spending a few years in the Labour Party means I absolutely hate every other party in the country. It's just, unfortunately, it means I also absolutely hate the Labour Party. So there's no chance I'll vote for a different party at the next general election. But I'm not frankly sure that I vote, will vote for uh, Labour. Yeah, yeah, I'm sort of... I don't really see myself voting for Starmer's Labour Party at the next election. I, I don't even... I don't really want to vote for any other party. I just don't want to be guilt-tripped into this lesser evil option where, come on, you know, let's vote Labour. You know, I'm done with it. I don't want it's this It's quite anymore. remarkable what Starmer's done. He's ma- in he's such made a people, short amount of time as well. He's made people go from being uh, Labour's kind of a lesser evil, I guess, to being enthusiastic Labour supporters, to not even like wanting to vote for the party in like such a short space of time. That's a that's a remarkable political achievement. Would but that it were Jeremy Corbyn had a similar level of ruthlessness when he was leaving the party. I really realistically do not see myself voting for Labour at the next election or any yeah. other real, any of any political party. It will be yeah. It's going back to that. Well, it's like what Geraint said earlier. We know what making a priority as being tough on national security means. And I can't support imperialist war. I'm at at that point. If they couldn't support our mild social democratic party, then these people are clearly such enemies of the kind of world that I want. But I can't fucking vote for them. It is, again, important to stress the fact that Corbyn's party and the offer at the last election was the most radical we've had in this country, but in the grand scheme of things, not that radical, social nah. democratic, as you stated. The fact, And if that is not good enough, if that is too much, then, wow, what is acceptable really for Labour well, now? And I don't well, want to be exactly, part of that. That's, that's it. exactly <laughs> it. They're talking about you know, making a priority of being tough on national security. Well, here's the secret. We actually kept most of Labour's imperialist fucking foreign policy and defence yep. policy while Corbyn was leader. It's just we had a leader who didn't personally agree with it, so it wasn't made a priority. He didn't manage to change that many of Labour's uh, hallmark, you know, support for NATO and shit. I mean, fuck that. So, like, the idea that we need to move to the right of something that we'd never successfully changed anyway is unbelievable. 
And then when you bring that to all the domestic policy and so on, we are getting to the point where we're just like Tom said, the last manifesto was brilliant, but it didn't go far enough. We wind that back. We are abandoning people's material needs. I can't condone people like Keir Starmer who think that that's the kind of price that's acceptable to pay. Absolutely. And I don't think they'll win the next election as well. No, of course. Come on. Largely because I'm I'm now back in the position where I can only vote for Labour if they put up a left-wing candidate where I live. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah. I live in Glasgow and the national leadership's right-wing as well now. So is that going to happen? No. Yeah. Sorry, my my brain's fucking going at this point. <laughs> okay, well, I, I I think you know I just wanted to get something down because yeah. I'd uh, yeah I, think... I I I'd let down Sinan and that. To be honest, why the fuck didn't he invite you on in my place? Because I only logged on like twenty minutes into it, and he's like, "Have you seen uh, Jack?" Uh, like, no, uh, but actually, I was going to join that, and I forgot entirely. So. And no, also, no, I, I'm, I, I, I'm also on next week as well. So, <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, what what are you doing on that? So it was still fairly tentatively being discussed, but it is basically going to be about how's he described it? So like the future of UK left media. So I think that's going to be quite interesting. Oh, cool. Well, this is what I was going to get into, you know, because like mm-hmm. we're gonna we we are gonna have to like rethink our place in politics to some extent yeah. in this Starmer era because I really do think our goal more than ever is to attack the, the centre left uh, I know I know that's not totally reorienting ourselves because that's been um, yeah. that's it's always been our strength, focus but like let's, let's be clearer about that I guess and then a bit more thinking about the best ways of doing it yeah 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 absolutely and we ought to become a kind of focal point for people who are left out in the cold from Starmerism I think yeah I might need to so get... it's just I might, I might get some advice from people like Sinan and from Loki, who's done a bit of streaming as well. And we'll maybe do that fucking terrible, bizarre Eddie Marsan game as a oh, yeah. as a real politics <laughs> Twitch event. That would be very fun. Yeah. Well, that would be joke. <laughs> I don't know if it will, but it'll be an experience. Yeah. <laughs> One for the real heads. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to say, I, well, I guess everyone tune into that. We've got some exciting episodes coming up still got our episode with tom gann and josie sparrow to come out one with our friend roof access we're recording one with matt zarb cousin on monday which i'm very very much looking forward to um and you know we're definitely going to have jude on again soon possibly to discuss a documentary about the eagles so we've got we got all, all kinds of goods lined up for you folks i'll probably do minimal editing on this one just cut a bit of the stammering and not bother with any clips just stick it out there i'd say get it out there while it's topical but i think given the general theme has been how fucking shit starmer and his leadership it's kind of going to be topical for a long time at least a few months however long it takes for akirst and co to dispose of him well thank you from me and garine and our friend tom foster anyway that makes him sound like and our co-host tom foster he is still a member of the show right yes. <laughs> it's good to have him back on. okay Ah, right, Tom said, is internet conked out? Right, this has been good. Great. All right, well, chat. yeah, probably do this again on Monday then. Yeah, awesome. All right, speak to you on Monday then, man, or, well, probably online before then. They mutilated his body and they took out his brain. What more could they do? They piled on the pain. But his soul was not there where it was supposed to be at. For the last 50 years, 
They've been searching for that. Freedom, oh freedom, freedom over me. I hate to tell you, mister, but only dead men are free. Send me some love and tell me no lie. Throw the gun in the gutter and walk on by. Wake up, little Susie, let's go for a drive. Cross the Trinity River, let's keep hope alive. Turn the radio on, don't touch the dials. Parkland Hospital, only six more miles. You got me dizzy, Miss Lizzie, you fill me with lead. That magic bullet of yours has gone to my head. I'm just a patsy like Patsy Klein. Never shot anyone from in front or behind. Got blood in my eye, got blood in my ear. I'm never gonna make it to the new frontier. Zubitus film I've seen that before. Seen it 33 times, maybe more It's vile and deceitful, it's cruel and it's mean Ugliest thing that you ever have seen They killed him once and they killed him twice Killed him like a human sacrifice The day that they killed him, someone said to me, son, the age of the Antichrist has just only begun. Air Force One coming in through the gate. Johnson sworn in at 2.38. Let me know when you decide to throw in the towel. It is what it is, and it's murder most foul. What's new, pussycat? What do I say? I said the soul of a nation will turn away. And it's beginning to go into a slow decay And that it's 36 hours past Judgment Day It's tech, it's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing